0: Welcome to the Brand Rounds Podcast, where we help healthcare professionals and medical device innovators build trust, amplify your reputation, grow in brand awareness, build authority, and differentiate your brand in the mindset of your ideal patient and client. I remember when I was first introduced to Dr. Brett Gilbert. We had a phone call. He happened to be on vacation. He was sitting in some sandy beach on some beautiful island, and he took the time to talk, and we probably spent a good 30 minutes talking about how he was really at the intersection of personal development and professional development. I liked him from the first conversation. Dr. Gilbert is an endodontist. He graduated from the University of Maryland Dental School, and after completing his DDS studies, he attained his certificate in endodontics in 2003. He's currently a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Endodontics at the University of Illinois, Chicago. He served as the president of the Illinois Association of Endodontics and as the president of the Northwest Side Branch of the Chicago Dental Society. He was also honored by the Seattle Study Club as a top 10 young dental educator in America in 2017. He owns a great practice that is focused on endodontics in Niles, Illinois, but wait till you hear how he has built a platform that provides education to his peer group, but also provides a brand differentiator for his patients. So join me today as I begin this interview with Dr. Brett Gilbert. Dr. Gilbert, what are you grateful for?
1: Wow, I'm grateful for so much right now. Most importantly, just that me and my family are healthy, that we are in a home that allows us to be together and experience this time in the world and grateful for all the education I've I've received, the training that I have so that I can actually be a contribution to resolving and, and helping people to get through this this situation that we currently exist in with the COVID-19 outbreak.
0: Yeah, well said. Uh, as as you mentioned, we are in the midst of this COVID-19 outbreak. And my first question for you is, is what is it teaching yourself and other endodontists about the business of healthcare? Yeah, it's a
1: great question. I think the business of healthcare is going to look a lot different after this. And in many ways, I think the business itself, the models, the preparations, the sort of foresight of what was possible in the world was grossly underprepared you know, almost got caught with our pants down in so many different ways. And from the perspective of endodontics, I think that it's clear that we now recognize that the protective equipment, which we have relied on in a very similar way, basically since the HIV outbreak, that we realize now this is not really the level of protection that we need in this world. And so I think from the standpoint of how we construct, create, distribute, Protective equipment is one big part of it, and then the other part of it is, I think, the recognition of most businesses in healthcare, especially the smaller ones, for instance, dental offices, endodontic offices, need to have much greater stores of of finances, much greater reserves of, of liquid cash to be able to survive situations where you could be out of the office and have it closed by mandate for months. And this is something that's unprecedented and I think will definitely change the model, the mindset, and everything that goes into how you plan and sort of facilitate your business in the future.
0: Yeah, you know, I've heard you talk and and I've seen you follow this up with actions about creating touch points, both pre-COVID-19 and during COVID-19 with your patients. I'd be curious if you could tell me about a patient that touched your heart, And I'd love for you to tell me about a perspective uh, within the midst of of creating patient touch points that's actually changed the way that you practice dentistry.
1: Well, I tend to be just I have such um, amazing amount of respect, admiration and just um, affinity to elderly people in general. I've always been this way. And so What an amazing opportunity as an endodontist to come in contact with just some incredible elderly parts of our population. And one in particular, um, I'll just call him Ace because that's his nickname, uh, Korean War pilot. He's now 98, going to be 99. He's just touched me because he's just such a great guy. He, you know, has such a great spirit about himself and about life, which is, I think, why he's, you know, reached these high ninety age, this high ninety age. And I think about it now because we've had this really close relationship. And he, I just have him come back for follow-ups, Matthew, just forever, you know, just so I can see <laughs> him. And uh, we always take a picture together. He brings me, you know, a signed picture. Uh, he's just a wonderful man, and I right now feel really touched by my elderly section of my population of patients because obviously they are more vulnerable right now. And I just think to myself about how difficult, but also how beautiful it is to find yourself in your eighties, your late eighties, your early nineties, trending up toward a hundred, still having your mental capacities. That touches me because to me, that shows the spirit of humans. That shows the spirit of how far the human being can push themselves just to continue to live. And so I think about those patients and I pray for them and I hope that they are able to see through this situation because to me it just seems like a, a tough way to go, you know, if that's what it is. But I also think that probably they'd be realistic in accepting that, you know, everyone has their day. and um, But this particular patient, ACE, has always been sort of my quote-unquote, you know, favorite. I've got a bunch of them, just so you know, but uh, he's definitely the one that when you when you mention this question, he pops to mind, and, and in fact, because of that, I'm going to reach out to him today and just see how he's doing. But, um, yeah, I, I, I very much feel a strong human connection to most people in general, um, you know, even the ones that are sort of closed off to it, but specifically, when these patients come in, Matthew, I always just slow down. No matter what I'm doing, I take extra time. I let them talk and share. And oftentimes, many of these patients don't have a lot of opportunities or people to share with and talk with. And so I always make a conscious effort to say, I don't care how busy I am. If I run late, I want to have this special time with, with the patient. So the elderly patients are the ones that touch down really, really deeply for me.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that every provider has, you know, an ace that uh, they really admire and that they get to come into contact with. At our brand agency feed, we define modern branding for dental and medical professions in this way. Branding is who you say you are, doctor, who your patients say you are, and who Google says you are. So I'd be curious is branding counterintuitive? for most endodontists and physicians, and if so, why? Yes, I do
1: believe it is quite counterintuitive just because we are raised up from the time of students to sort of fit in a box, you know, fit into a white coat, uh, have a certain way that you talk and a certain way that you operate that is very doctorly, very professional, which of course is appropriate. But I do think also it does in some ways Make doctors feel that being themselves, allowing their personality and their interests to shine, uh, maybe in and out of the office, day in and day out, that's not so bad. You know, it's easy to do that when you're having a one-on-one interaction. But if it's standing in front of a camera, you know, putting out posts, putting out videos, which really, truly show you for who you are. I think that that's where people get a little bit afraid. And I think doctors in general are afraid to promote themselves. I know I certainly was. I've had to push through a lot of discomfort to get to the point where I could start to really try to be myself and promote, you know, the things that I'm doing. And so I think that there are certain kind of models or, you know, little squares that you have to fit in that you and your mind are telling yourself the story that this is what I have to do because I'm a doctor. And sometimes I think that does mute the personality. I think it does mute the ability to sort of put oneself out there. And I mean, put your heart out there, right? Like be seen. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the part of it that's counterintuitive, less so in the offices or in the hospital or wherever a physician or doctor might be. And way more so in front of a camera, in front of social media, and maybe even sometimes live if someone was giving a presentation to just simply allow yourself to be seen for who you are. And I think that that's clearly really, in my opinion, the key to good branding. And so there is this counterintuitive nature to it and some conflicts, I think, that happen within the mind of the doctor and that's something that I can relate to because I certainly felt that for a very long time. But like I said, through a lot of work and experience and practice and just really not being afraid to just push forward, I have sort of been able to break away from that. And it's really helped me to grow and to push myself and stretch myself because I think these limitations that we put on ourselves, especially as professionals, they're, they're hard to break.
0: Yeah, one of the reasons why I'm interviewing you is you do a great job of using social media to share generously, to share in a relevant way with patients. And while it allows you to stand out, your ability to share practical and relevant information with patients or with your fellow endodontist it looks like you're not trying to stand out because you're making it about them and so my question is is what advice do you have for your fellow professionals that may be considering using social media to connect and to share empathy with patients yeah i think it's really just
1: about what you were saying it's about like when i'm sharing i'm really doing it because i want to help other people and that's just who i am my wife calls me a caretaker and i I don't think about it that way, but it's truly like how I feel like I really just want to help other people. And in the position of being an endodontist, which in some ways by itself, you know, conjures up a lot of fear and patience. once they hear that I'm a root canal specialist. And I like to debunk some of that just to show, you know, Hey, like this is who I am. I'm very upfront. Like what I do is really comfortable. You know, root canals are great. They're going to help you so much. And I think that just being a, a genuine person then allows people to trust you more and, and, and accept your messages more. And so I could see where, and again, we talk about, you know, when you have these voices in your head, it's called your ego. And sometimes your ego might have you say something a certain way because you think you have to say it that way. Because you're pr- trying to protect yourself. You're You're trying to... Uh, in essence, be someone that you're not. And that's the part you have to fight through. So when I put out a message, it's genuinely because I want people to better themselves. I want people to be less afraid of getting care, of taking care of themselves, of you know really learning a little bit more about how to be the best version of themselves. And that oftentimes can just start with self-love and taking care of yourself. So a lot of my messages are certainly related to the teeth and taking care of your teeth, certainly seeking care when you need it, but also just the general sense of, look, there are a lot of different ways that you can push yourself to get better and to have better habits. And I think that when you do that, that's really where the empathy is shown. It's 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 in a way where you're trying to lay some groundwork For people to give them some guidance and so i've taken great uh, fun and pleasure out of being on social media it's been a great outlet for me to to grow myself by pushing uh, through discomfort from feeling you know a little bit maybe afraid of saying certain things i don't want to you know make someone feel one way or another but The problem is is that we tell ourselves so many stories in our head that sometimes you just have to break through and just go with your gut. And so a lot of my messaging just comes from what I'm trying to guide myself into in a specific day, um, a lesson that I want to really help other doctors so that they can, you know, take on and expand their practices and then trickle down all the way to patients with even just, you know, videos on how to brush your teeth or what
0: electric toothbrush is the best. And so I really just try to wide range. yeah you do a great job of that and and it it's a perfect segue to our next question which is a brand platform just to define that for for people is when you have your unique perspective when you speak to an ideal patient and when you help share your unique protocol your procedures and then you use online platforms to be able to meet patients right where they're at in that decision-making or that touchpoint experience. And one way that you've built an online brand platform is by delivering an online course for your fellow professionals. Tell us more about that. Well, I probably
1: about five years ago, I had this dream of building an online education platform for dentists, mostly related to how to do root canals in a more effective and confident way and this was born because I would lecture internationally and after a lecture I would stay for an hour and have 50 to 75 doctors waiting to ask me a question so it became obvious to me that there's just not a lot of outlets for these doctors to get questions uh, answered you know and get get training and so I thought about it and this is another part of my growth Matthew is just that I didn't think I could do it. I was too busy. It seemed daunting. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately I just bucked up and I just said, I am going to do this. This is a project of passion. And so I was able to build Access Endo and Access Endo is an online education platform. It's self-instruction for the most part. It's self-paced right. As of today, I have 36 continuing education credits available for dentists. So you can get everything from endodontics, which is you know really comprehensive and continuing to grow all the time. But the part that I didn't anticipate, and I think what really fits into now my brand platform, is personal growth and development for doctors. And that's something that has become a huge part of my life, something I'm studying, something I'm really passionate about. And quite honestly, Matthew, it has transformed my life. It has transformed my being. It has allowed me at age almost 45 to actually feel for the first time like I'm truly fulfilling who I'm supposed to be in this world. And so that's what I want to share. And so I built the platform. It was an incredible accomplishment. Now it's something that I just continue to feed my energy into, feed my passion into, and just want to share it with as many doctors as I can in the world. And so um, when it's all said and done, Matthew, when, when, when my day comes, I can promise you that Access Endo will be one of the accomplishments that will always stand out as sort of a life changing um, goal that I achieved and that I'm hoping over the years is going to have a massive impact on not only the doctors that take the course, but then those patients that they treat because of the training and those families and kids that learn the lessons of self-improvement and personal growth based upon the Access Endo curriculum. So it's it gives me the chills sometimes just thinking that it actually exists and that I was able
0: to fulfill such a huge dream in my life. Well, my observation is that you've certainly made that connection between personal development and professional development. And I think it's a part of your unique perspective. You know, I just see how you interact through your course and your ability to integrate and merge seamlessly The personal development and the professional development. I have seen and observed in our agency the link between healthcare professionals who want to think about their branding in a healthy way as a link to who they're becoming as a person and who they're becoming as a provider. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's also who you are becoming
1: as a leader. And that's another part of, I think, really where when we go back to a question about, you know, the counterintuitive, counterintuitive nature of branding for professionals is, I think a lot of us are leaders, but actually putting yourself out there in a way to say, hey, here I am. These are my ideas. This is what I have to offer. This is what I want to teach you come learn with me, that takes a tremendous amount of leadership. And I think that that's one of the things that probably we all have inside of us. But in reality, sometimes it's difficult to let that out. It's again, it's that voice in your head telling you, I'm not good enough. You know, who am I to be the one to try to teach someone? Where did the, you know, who do I think I am? And it's that ego voice that often keeps us shut down. And that's where I've worked so hard to overcome those voices to say, no, 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 that's not true in my gut, in my intuition. I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and that I do have a lot to offer and that I do want to do it because I want to help other people. And so overcoming that, I think, is one of the biggest things. So I would add to that, besides the professional and the personal growth, is
0: the, the growth as a leader and stepping into those shoes. It's very important. One of the things that I see that you're doing, and that with our healthcare and dental professional clients, is we talk about this concept of vulnerability. And vulnerability can be tricky. Um, vulnerability does not mean that you have to cross the line and not be compliant. Vulnerability just simply means that you have the empathetic awareness to understand that we're really treating humans with anxieties. And that when we meet our patients at those different touch points, that there is a level of intellect, there's a level of logic, there's a level of emotion and empathy. And if we can connect that by honoring patients wherever they are and wherever they find themselves within your story or in the story of other patients, then we've really, really made a connection. So my next point is, is... What's the best compliment that you've received so far about your online university?
1: You know, I've had a number of beautiful responses and testimonials for access endo, but I think the one that stood out was it was a younger dentist who just expressed that they had left dental school feeling so many huge gaps in their understanding of like even just the most basic concepts of endodontics and certainly from the skill level and confidence level to actually perform it on patients. And the compliment was that they really felt like they were filling in the gaps and that they were doing it in a way that was so convenient for them, You know, whether it was on laptop, a tablet, phone, and it was just that sort of modern consumption of, of content that we all do on YouTube and LinkedIn and everywhere else. And this doctor was expressing that he was using it in a way that was literally filling such a need and that also from from another doctor, just that they had never heard of any of the concepts I was presenting as far as the emotional intelligence and personal growth, and I can relate to that because until just a couple of years ago, I had no under I, have, I had heard of Tony Robbins, but I had no idea even you know what mindfulness was, you know, even the concept of self-love and self-care that those sort of studies and and that t- type of talk was never part of my world. And so I had another doctor that expressed just so much gratitude that that material happened to be paired with the part of dentistry that was so stressful and produced the most anxiety for them. And so what it did for me personally was it showed that my concept that if you can Use the endodontics, which is the most fear-based part of dentistry, and you can sort of get over that hump and get that amazing feeling inside of just sort of pushing past discomfort. You know what they say, on the other side of fear is freedom. And then from there, Mm -hmm. looking at personal growth, sitting right there for you in the same platform and say, well, wait a minute, I can push through discomfort in my personal life too, and sort of merging the two together and they feed off of each other. And so this is really the beautiful concept that I had sort of just came out of my heart and my mind. And this doctor had sort of confirmed that it had had that impact on them. And
0: there's nothing better than that. You know, we're going to see more providers and professionals like yourself that are going to create online courses. And one of the things that we're learning and one of the things that our healthcare brand agency is advising is, is that the big idea is not that it's virtual. The big idea is that it's contextual in learning. It is relevant, practical education that not only meets people right where they're at, whether that in this case of this current you know, situation that we find ourselves in the comfort of our home, but it's contextual, it's learning. So I'd be curious that as you built Access Endo, Was there anything that you didn't expect from creating it? And if so, what was that pleasant surprise? I think probably for me was the
1: willingness of collaboration. And so the way I built Access Endo was on three pillars, coaching, collaboration, and community. And because it's a newer concept, certainly within endodontics, my field, I didn't know exactly how other endodontists would perceive it, would accept it, would welcome it. And it's been just incredible. I've had so many collaborative sessions with incredible endodontists from around the entire world. That's the best part of it is that I'm actually having contribution and I I have a faculty page on the site and I include the doctor's headshot, their bio, where they can be reached. And I mean, I've got a huge faculty already. And in most cases, those sessions are collaborative sessions, uh, interview style, um, you know, a different way where they might present slides and I ask pertinent questions. Uh, just a lot of different collaborative interactions. So whereas the old days you would just sit and listen to someone lecture and talk and you know, oftentimes drift off for a good bit of it, this is like listening to a, a really great conversation in an interview in many ways. And listening to two doctors super passionate about what they do can be very, very sort of compelling. And so I think the biggest surprise is just how willing, how able, how enthusiastically colleagues from just around the world have collaborated. And that doesn't just include the endodontic side, also the personal growth. I've had some world-class coaches and, and just different people in that sphere join me and all with the emphasis of how can we help doctors be the best person they can be and be the best doctor they can be. And it sounds like intuitively that should be the same thing. But I found in my life prior to really my growth phase is that I was a doctor separate. The person part, you know, from time to time sort of lost track of who that was. You sort Mm -hmm. of just know yourself as the doctor. And that's not great for your personal life. It's certainly not great for your self-fulfillment. And so I think bringing these two together and, you know, interacting with these different coaches and colleagues, it allows me to show how much I've been able to find who I am as a person and know myself as the doctor. And that's the part I think is my life mission now is to help doctors find that balance. Because I think we lose sight of who we are as people based upon the stress, the responsibility, the liability, and just the overall intensity of what we do. And never will that apply more than it does right now, especially for those docs in the hospital right now treating these patients. So It's a lot, but I would say the biggest surprise is just how cooperative and how willing my colleagues have
0: been to help me and contribute. What you just said is really going to help a lot of people. In fact, Dr. Gilbert, uh, I'll have to invite you for this. We're getting ready to do a podcast on talking about the identity piece of how being a doctor and having DDS or MD at the end of your name, and by your very nature, there is a selflessness that is found in most doctors, and that can be an all-consuming identity. Somewhere along the line, the role of being a doctor, the gift and the talent and the experience of being a doctor, which is not the all-consuming and primary identity piece, and we're going to talk through that, so I think you'll be somebody that we'll invite on that panel to to discuss that separation and, and that understanding, so I appreciate you sharing that. So we talk, and it's an obvious question to talk about what has changed for doctors in the midst of COVID-19. I think this is an important way to view that question. What has not changed for endodontists and doctors in the midst of COVID-19?
1: You gave me a little bit of chills just asking me that question. And the reason that, that I got the chills is because You know, not a lot's changed in certain ways. I'm going to be honest. There's toothaches right now. There's dental emergencies, emergencies that if they either are what they are and continue or go another day or a few days, those patients will be in so much agony that they will have no option if a dentist isn't open to go to the hospital, to go to the ER. And so what hasn't changed for endodontists is that We are still treating emergencies. I will get away from this microphone with you, Matthew. I will be heading to my office. I will gear up and go to battle against this patient's tooth, which is not the part I'm worried about, but whatever potential virus carrier they are, I will be in my office today. I will be treating emergencies. I will be treating patients, and this will occur until I can't do it, meaning if I were to get sick from it. So what hasn't changed is my responsibility, my duty to my patients, to my community, to people, to my team. Obviously, I want to keep my team safe. I want to keep my family safe. I want to keep myself safe. I want to keep everyone safe. I want to take care of everyone. I want to help these patients. I want to help them alleviate their pain. I want to help the doctors in the hospital, in the ER right now, to not have to put any kind of resource into a patient that comes in with an oral facial infection. A dental problem that is causing them so much discomfort so what hasn't changed is my responsibility now it takes on a different face right now Matthew and I've been uh, collecting and talking with colleagues all week and even getting on zoom calls and sharing notes but the reality is is we've gone from endodontist which is a wonderful profession helping people to becoming frontline defenders in this battle right now and I will go into battle today I will gear up and with a whole different set of protective equipment than what I'm used to wearing, with a whole different protocol of how we prepare, how we treat, how we clean up the office in between each patient, but I will go do exactly what I've always done through my career, Matthew, which is go do root canals because the procedure is so effective at solving dental pain, so effective at saving the natural tooth, and that part hasn't changed, will not change, and if anything, I think it proves to us how important what we do is, and how, in some ways, it's almost, it's, it's insulated from almost anything. Because if we're in the midst of this crisis where everyone is, you know, stay-at-home order, and yet I'm going to go into my office and do root canals like I always do, that hasn't changed. And that's powerful. And it's not something I ever thought about before. But it is very powerful. And I, I feel scared. I feel fearful. But that doesn't stop me. And I will use that fear. I acknowledge it. I've accepted it. I've shifted my mindset from the initial shock of this situation to accept that I have an incredible role to play and an incredible contribution I can offer. And I'm proud to do it. And I think all my colleagues are as well.
0: Yeah, that's well said. Well said. My final question, Dr. Gilbert, you seem to be zigging where everyone else is zagging. Where are you zigging in places that can be helpful for doctors? Um, We have this phrase that we call better is not better. Different is better with respect to branding, with respect to patients being able to uh, help clarify who is the best provider to serve them at a given time. So where are you zigging where everyone else is zagging? I think that's an easy one to answer, and I think it's, you know,
1: We are all these beautiful, unique beings. There will never be another human being like me or like you. There never has been before. There never will be again. And so we all are so unique and so beautiful. And yet we try to cover it up and we try to assimilate and we try to be like everyone else. And we try to fit in. And I think where I'm zigging is that I am just simply, I've opened my heart. I am not afraid to get hurt by people. I am an open but bo- This is who I am. I am just simply being myself. And I'm, I'm not only being myself, but I'm pushing myself to be better and better and grow more and touch down deeper and, and, and heal the hurts that have affected me in, the, in my past. And most of the time, it's the hurts. It's the little scars that we cover ourselves up with that change us, that make everything bounce off of us differently than they would have if we were just pure. So where I'm zigging is that I'm going and doing the deep work of healing, Matthew, just getting into the fears, the traumas, the, the little things that we allow to accumulate that affect who we are and how we interact. And I've worked really hard through emotional intelligence, through yoga, through mindfulness, through meditation, through pushing myself through discomfort, through being vulnerable, so that I can just simply be me. And it seems crazy that you would have to go through all of that to just be you, but it is a process. And so my advice to anyone who wants to zig with me is just get inside yourself address the things that are hurting you and bothering you. Get over them. Don't drown them. Don't you know, drink them away. Don't do any of those things. Just sit with them. Feel them. Acknowledge them and let them leave you so that you can just simply be and be yourself. And so that's where I'm zigging. It's nothing crazy. It's just me letting myself be seen, letting myself be vulnerable to the whole world through the social media. And what a unique time that we have that we can do this, the technology, the, the the facilities to be able to do this. And that's it, Matthew. Like that's my zig is I'm just being who I genuinely am and not trying to stifle it, not trying to change it, not overthinking it, just letting it be. And it's been a huge shift for me in my life.
0: In closing, Dr. Gilbert, we want to thank you first, and then secondly, we want to thank you for your service to your patients and for sharing your truth. I know it's going to help so many providers out there who will be listening to this. Thank you again. Thank you so much for
1: having me. It's such a pleasure and honor to be with you.